The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. I'm in the book of Luke today, chapter 19. And I'm going to, Aaron, I'm going to switch up a little bit. I'm going to use the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 19, we'll wait till we get verse 1 up on the screen there. We appreciate all the new folks that are helping us with the media ministry, and I think there's still room for more if you want to get in on that. Luke 19, 1, I know you know this story, but I was just impressed by the Holy Spirit in my heart today that there's some truth in Luke 19 that we need to hear today by the Holy Spirit. How many came to learn something today? Get something for God to speak to you and talk to you about something. Okay, here's the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh, Oops, sorry, I'm in the wrong translation. That won't work. Uh, Verse 1, Luke 19. In the city of Jericho, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus. He was a supervisor over all the tax collectors. And Jesus made his way through the city. And Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. That'll preach right there. He kept trying to get a look at him. But the crowd around Jesus was massive. And Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he ran ahead of everyone and and climbed up a blossoming fig tree. I'm going to teach you today how to climb a tree and see Jesus. Huh? He climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. And when Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained and said, look at this. Of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. That's what they thought of tax collectors because that's what Zacchaeus was. Now, there's a lot more in this, but let's go back up to the first part here. Now that we've heard kind of the story, let's let's see if there's any gold in these hills here in in these verses. In the city of Jericho, verse 1 said, there was a wealthy man named Zacchaeus. So he was wealthy. But, you know, I love Zacchaeus. There's a lot of things to like about Zacchaeus, but one thing I like about him 
is that Zacchaeus proves to us through the scripture that money is, cannot take the place of Jesus in your life. You, Zacchaeus had the money. He was a wealthy man. He was a tax collector. He was skimming and taking money. And he had a lot of money. But Zacchaeus finally got to the place that he understood there's got to be more to life than me accumulating money because there's still something empty and missing in my heart. I want you to know today that I don't care how much money you got. You don't have enough money to satisfy the longing that's in your heart. You don't have it. You can't get it. I, 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 the, the most wealthy man that you know or in America or in the world, billionaires, they don't have enough money to satisfy the emptiness that's down in their soul. I'm telling you that, the, the, you know, the, in the Bible, you can be poor or you can be rich, but both the poor and the rich, they both need the same thing. We need an encounter with Christ, and we need to come to where we know the Lord. So Zacchaeus, so, you know, I don't care. Zacchaeus could have been a wealthy man or a famous man or... He could have been a man that, that, that people envied because he had things and a lot of this and a lot of that. But he still needed Christ. See, I just wonder about people sometimes. I wonder about us. If, if, if we lose that, that understanding that, that Christ has filled something in our heart that nobody else can fill. I know folks that they, they get married looking for somebody to fulfill that thing that's in their heart. Huh? I want you to know you, you might have the greatest husband in all the world or the greatest wife in all the world. I want you to know that they were never intended to fill that place in your life that only Jesus can fill. Huh? They... They weren't intended to do that. So we're wrong when we put that pressure on them. They can't do that. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Isaiah said it this way, didn't he? He said, he said why do you spend money for that which doesn't ever satisfy you? you you're buying bread that, that you can eat all that bread, but it still won't fill that place in your life. You can... You can drink and, until, you're, until you can't drink anymore and you won't be satisfied with it. I'm telling you today, I'm grateful today that Zacchaeus got to that place. I pray every day, God, keep me in this place where I'm like Zacchaeus. No matter how blessed I am, I still know that my greatest gift is serving you and reaching for you and loving you and preaching for you and having prayer with you and fellowshipping with you. That's where the glory of my life is. You might be able to take my car. I'm just going to help myself for a minute, preach for a minute. You might be able to take my car. You might be able to have my house. You might be able to take this and take that and steal this and, and that. You know, the other night we had 
two missionaries with us on Thursday night, Jeff and Kim Oder, the sweet folks from Costa Rica, and, and they're so humble, and, and we're partnering with them, and, and they're doing a great work among the poor throughout all of Central America. But I'm, we, we went back in my office, and we met after the service, and we found out, and you'd have never known it during the service because they didn't act like it. They were even moved by it. But they just got a call that morning that, that their home was broken into. And everything, everything they had was stolen. And everything else, they completely tore it apart, the thieves did, and ransacked the house. Huh? I want to tell you, you can take our stuff. But I'm going to tell you, there's one thing I'm not giving away. You can't have it. The devil's not big enough to get it. And that's my relationship with Christ. I'm going to stay turned on red hot, true blue, and on fire about knowing Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be like Zacchaeus, no matter how blessed I am. That my joy is not in the goods that I've accumulated. Huh? Not in the goods I accumulated. It's not in stuff. It's not in people. It's not in things. Huh? It's only in one place. And that's in the Holy Spirit. Knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior. Don't you ever forget that little granddaughter. Don't you ever forget it. You're the richest girl that I know because you got Christ in your heart. Don't you forget it, father and mother and sisters and brothers. Don't you forget it, little ones. Don't you forget it, elderly ones. You've, you're the richest person in all the earth if you know Christ. We have a most valuable possession. The Bible talks about this. I'm just going to stay on this till I get done here. The Bible talks about a man one time that was walking across a field. And as he was walking across a field, he found in that field a great treasure. A treasure is something that's incredibly valuable. Like you think of a treasure chest of riches and shiny stuff, you know. Right? He, this guy's walking across a field and he finds a great treasure. And the Bible says, it's trying to talk to us about the glory of knowing Christ. It says he, and so he went home and sold everything he had. So he could, so, and he went back and he just didn't steal the treasure. He was a smart man. He bought the whole field. Because in the field, there was a great treasure. I'll tell you, there's one way to look at this. Like, like you know, that's us selling out to Jesus. And that's, I'm going to get back to that. We found Christ. We found a great treasure. We, we, we sold out. We, when I found Christ, I'm telling you, I was willing to give up everything, anything. I, it didn't matter because I wanted that peace in my heart 
that passes understanding. I needed the presence of God. I needed some joy in my life. I was willing. Nothing else mattered to me when I got to that place where I was at the end of my road. And I was like that man that walked across the field when I found the treasure of knowing Christ. I, I determined I'm selling out. I'm selling everything. I'm getting rid of everything else. I'm letting go of everything else because I've had everything else and I'm still in that empty place. I need to know Jesus. Huh? That's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at it is that's the way God was toward us. That when He looked down, He walked through our field. The field is my my life. My life, he's, he's walking through my field. Huh? And, he, and while he was walking through my life, he found something in me. He found, he found the treasure. He found that which he loves. He found my heart. And the Bible says that he did, he did what the guy did in that scripture. He sold everything. He gave his life. To buy that field, which was my whole life. Now, I, I use this in, if, if I've ever premarital counseled you, you've heard this. You heard me preach this. Because, you know what? When Christ came and found our, the treasure of who we are and found the field of our life, you know, if you buy, this man that found that treasure in a field There wasn't just a treasure in the field. There was a bunch of other stuff in that field. There was, you know, if that guy had any animals in that field, there was some waste. There was piles and piles and piles of waste in that field. People, you know, if if you ever walk through a, off off the path, off a road, you... And, and there's fields there. You, you go in that field, you'll find, you'll see there's bags of trash that people just throw out of the car and throw in that field. There's old tin cans. You know, so there, there's, you know people are wild, man. The, people, instead of doing what's right to get rid of stuff, you know, they'll throw an old couch in there. It's just, and it's, and, and there's, in other words, in that field, there's more than a treasure. There's a bunch of junk in that field. And I'm grateful today that I can say when Christ found us, that he was willing to get the treasure. If that's what it meant to buy you and me and to redeem us from our sin, if that meant... He's got to take all my junk. That guy bought the whole field. Say out loud, he bought the whole field. He bought all of it. He bought all my trash. He bought all the stuff that, that, you know, when people were driving by my life, that they tossed out in my life. Huh? How many many have some people that have thrown some junk towards you and said some things? Towards you. It wasn't a drive-by shooting. It was worse than that. It was a drive-by trashing. 
where people said you aren't this or you can't do that. You'll never be this. That's a bunch of trash. But Christ was willing to buy the entire field. He got all the old tires. He got all the waste of all the animals. But he got what he wanted. He got the treasure that was down in our hearts. I want to thank God today that we have a treasure. The Bible says in, in these earthen vessels or clay pots, our bodies, we have something valuable on the inside. But not only that, like Zacchaeus, even though we're wealthy, we, once we heard about Jesus, I don't know about you, you know, some of y'all that's just raised in church, I'm, sometimes I feel, you know, you, you might be, I'm, I don't want you to get out and get in sin so you can know what's, what it's like. But there's something about people that are forgiven a lot. That they, they understand something. That it seems like the, the common people don't get, man. They understand what when, when Jesus was preached to them. I will, you know, I was 20 years old before I ever heard, really, really heard the gospel. Well, that's, that's, that's wrong. I was 18 when I heard the gospel when I was at Ohio State. But then I heard the gospel again when I was 20. And when, but the, the thing is, when I was 18 and heard it, I didn't obey it. But, there, but listen to me, but I never got over it. Huh? I never got over it. That, those two guys from Campus Crusade that came to my dorm room door, room 535 at Dracut Tower, those young men, they bugged me for two years. I'd be, I'd, I'd be doing this and doing that, and I'd feel, the, I'd feel the Holy Spirit poke me. Something, and I'd think about those two young men and the smile that was on their face. I want to tell you, I never got over the first time I heard about Jesus Christ and what a redeemer he was. And then the day that my friend, my drug dealer, had gone to Tennessee to buy drugs and he got more than he bargained for, went up in the mountains and found there was a little church having a revival and, and, and they preached the gospel to him and that, that sinner, that broken, dying man, he fell at the altar when they gave an altar call. He was walking down a mountain road smoking weed. But he heard music. He followed that music. I'm telling you, that's what I'm talking about. When God's got something for you to do, you can't run from it. You can't. You, you got you to find him. Huh? And he walked into that church when they gave the altar call, that long-haired hippie, I'm sure he didn't fit in with the dress code of the church and all that, but he fit in with the heart code of the church. You got to get right with God. And, and when they gave the altar call, that, he, he went to the altar 
and gave his life to Christ. And then he's, it's his testimony. Before he got up, this, so the first thing he heard the Lord say is, this is, you're, you're done. Give it up. The second thing he said he heard was, now you got to go tell Jim Crabb about this. I'm telling you, that's his testimony. He'll tell you today that. That's the truth. And he, so he did that. He came to my mother's house and he shared the gospel with me. My, my point is, once you hear the gospel, if you hear the real gospel, you, you never get over it. You, ne- you never get over it. And I thought, this is the second time this has happened to me. The first time was at Ohio State. This is the second time. And if I don't obey this the second time, this guy's going to be like those two guys. This is going to really bug me. I'm going to never get over this. And so, and I didn't want to. And when I heard about Jesus, something came alive in me, and I said, I want that. What do I have to do? What must I do to be saved? What do I do? How do you get saved? You you trust in Christ. But it's not just trusting in Christ. You you do what the guy did with that that treasure in that field. You You sell everything you have to get Christ. I still believe in I still believe in a real Christianity that'll cost you something. Huh? You, uh, the true Christianity when you get it, you there is nothing that you'll say I won't do to get that. Because you you need the peace of God that passes understanding. You need a brand new heart. You need joy in your life through, to deal with the storms. You need all that stuff. Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. But Zacchaeus knew. He came to the place where he knew that that's not all there is. There's got to be more. Hallelujah. Middle of verse 1. or I don't know if this is the way the passion does it. It doesn't give you each specific verse. Maybe this is verse 2. As Jesus made his way through this city, Zacchaeus was eager to see him. Did you get up eager to, to, to hear from him this morning? Huh? You gotta, you gotta be eager to see him every day. Not just on church day. Huh? Not just on church day. You gotta get eager to see him. He kept trying to get a look at him. Hmm. But the crowd around Jesus was massive. So he, because, what was Zacchaeus' problem? He was too short. And Jesus was out there and all these people, that, that, you ever feel like most of the people in the world are taller than you? I do. Huh? They kept trying to get a look at him, but Jesus, the crowd was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man, and he couldn't see over the heads of the people. Now, you know, 
When anything's blocking your way to get to Jesus and you're getting your eyes on Jesus, you can't let your limitations stop you, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he, you know, if, if, if Zacchaeus was like most church people, he'd have prayed, Lord, make me taller all of a sudden. <clears throat> well, God's not going to make you taller. So what you got to do is you got to want to see him enough that you got to figure out how to go around being short. In the midst of all these tall people, you got to figure out how to get, you got to figure out how to get higher. I'm telling you, man, I want to tell you, I don't care how high, what it takes to get a glimpse of Jesus today. I want to climb every tree. I'm going to figure out, if I can't, if, if I can't run through the wall, I'll go around the wall. If I can't go around the wall, I'll go over the wall. But I'm going to see Jesus today. I want to touch from heaven. I want to pray until I pray through. I want my family to be blessed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep working on it until I get a glimpse of Jesus today. I'm not going to let the limitations of my life keep me away from getting my eyes upon the master, the pearl of great price. Verse 4, I love this one. So he ran on ahead. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm looking for somebody that will run on ahead. Sometimes you've got to expend a little energy to meet with Jesus, to get a glimpse of him. He ran on ahead of everyone. I made up my mind when I read that verse the other day. I said, I'm going to spend my life running ahead of everyone. Hmm? I'm, I'm going to be a guy that everybody that knows me in my life in Christ they, they'll say about me, I'll tell you one thing about that guy. He's, he's a little different, but I'll tell you what, man, he, he will not be denied. He's running ahead. Hmm? He's running ahead of everybody. He's running ahead. He ran on ahead and climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could just get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. I wonder today if we're willing to climb a blossoming fig tree. If we're willing to run ahead of what most people do. Huh? You know, most a lot of Christianity today has become, here's how, you, here's how you, what you do in church. You find out what everybody likes. And then you build church around that. <clears throat> well, they don't want any messy service, you know. They don't want any speaking in tongues and dancing, spinning, falling out in the power. They don't want signs and wonders. 
They don't want to be in that anymore. They don't want to be there very long. They want it real short. Huh? And so we're going to build it around them because if we do it and we, we satisfy them, then they'll come back. Amen? I want to thank God that, you know, Jesus was passing through whether Zacchaeus paid a price or not. But Zacchaeus was willing to expend some energy. He ran ahead of everybody else. You ought to make up your mind today. I'm going to run ahead of every obstacle that's in my pathway to get a glimpse of Jesus. And I'm going I'm I'm to be willing to climb up a tree so just so he could get a glimpse of Jesus when he passed by. And when Jesus got to that place, listen to me now, and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down. That's what I want Jesus to say to me. I know you're up there because I feel your faith. That's why Jesus said that day to the woman with the issue of blood, who's touched me? They, they thought he was crazy. What do you mean who touched you? There's a massive crowd around you and they're all touching you and they're all trying to get a hold of you. What do you mean who touched me? You act like there's, there's just one person that touched me. And Jesus That woman was that woman. It got Jesus' attention. I want you to know today, if you get hungry enough to see him and you're willing to run ahead of the crowd and you're willing to climb a a blossoming fig tree if that's what it takes so that you can get a glimpse of him today, I want to tell you something, that Jesus will find you and know where you are. I don't want to be lost in the crowd and just another church person. I want to be the guy that, that has, a, that, that has a, everything is trying to stand in my way from seeing God. But I won't let the obstacles that stand in my way keep me away from getting a glimpse of him. He said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down. That's what I'm talking about. He, he, <laughs> that's what I want when I, when I run ahead of everybody else. When I climb the tree, when I'm up in that tree, I want him to come by that tree and I want him to say, hey, Pastor Jim, hurry on down, brother. I got a blessing for you. I'm not just coming by your life. I'm coming to bless you today. I've got something that money can't buy. Come on, hurry on down and let me get it to you. I'm telling you, God's trying to get something to you today. And he's telling you today, he's telling you, stop waiting around. I came by today and I'm telling you, hurry on down. Everybody shouts out, hurry on down. 
That's what he's telling Paige today. Hurry on down. I got a blessing for you. Hurry on down, Elizabeth. I want to change your life today. That's what he's saying to us today. Hurry on down. Hurry on down. In other words, my God, man, I, I got a blessing. I, didn't, I don't have it just for me. I've got it for you, Zacchaeus. Huh? Hurry on down. Here's why you got to hurry on down. Because Jesus said, because I am appointed to stay at your house today. Ha! He's not just appointed to go walk down a road and see a guy in a tree and talk to him. What he really did was, he said, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go to your house. Ha! That's what he's telling. I'm going home with you today. I, wait a minute. And I'm appointed to. Jesus, that's Jesus saying. I'm appointed to. I'm appointed to go home with you. Isn't that amazing? He wasn't appointed to talk to go home with all the massive crowds. They went home by themselves. Watch it. And they stood there and they watched Jesus pass by. But they didn't, huh? Jesus didn't go home with everybody. He only went home with Zacchaeus. I don't know what you're looking for today, but I want Jesus to come and keep his appointment with me and come to my house. I want him in between me and mama and me and the babies and the grandbabies. I want him to come to my house today. I said he wants to come to your house today. And I believe that for the hungry and the thirsty, those are the ones that he'll say it to. I am appointed to come and stay at your house today. In other words, I'm, I'm appointed, Jesus said, to, to make my abode in your life. How many want Jesus to go home with them today? And, and, and I mean, and stay with them. I'm hungry for it. What are you willing to do to get that? Come on, praise team. What are you willing to do? You willing to run ahead of everybody else? You... You, are, you, are we willing to put aside every obstacle and beat that obstacle and overcome that obstacle? Huh? You know, it's amazing when people talk to me. They'll, they, they talk to me. Uh, they, they'll talk to me about... Uh, I said, well, why didn't you do that? Well, you know, because the door was closed. I said, you know how many things in my life and how many blessings have been on the other side of that door that was closed to me in my life? Huh? See, just because it's a closed door doesn't mean that, that God closed it. But if it was a closed door, I've kicked... Sarah will tell you, you know how many doors I've kicked down to get in to see Jesus, man? To get into and have an encounter with God? Huh? 
so just because it's a closed door, just because there's an obstacle. I preached a message years ago on, you know, the if you say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. If you believe what you say in your heart, you'll have whatever you say. In other words, you, you can command that mountain. You know one of the reasons that mountain is there? Because there's a blessing on the other side of it. There's something that de- the devil doesn't want you to see. What are you willing to do today? How far are we willing to go to get a glimpse of Jesus today? I don't know what you're willing to do, but today I declare by faith that we as a church family, we are hungry enough to do whatever it takes just to get a picture of Jesus. If that's you today, I want you to stand up. Let's gather around this altar. Let's lift up our hearts today. Praise His holy name. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.